Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. Yeah, baby! Oh! Hey, yeah. Was a little yeah. quick. Was a little quick on the draw there. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> sweet. Here are your boys. boys. And we're here ready to talk German-American soccer experience. Whatever the hell that is. What, what it is? is well, I'll explain. Because <laughs> I, I, I've been doing this for 48 episodes. I still don't know. You don't know what the German-American football experience is? It's, a, no, it's, an, it's an in-between. It's, an, it's a state of in-between. It, it, you know what it is? It is the love of soccer from a place where soccer is older and more established, but not from the usual mainstream place of where soccer is older. More. So I would right. give that more to the English game or the Mexican game uh, uh, as being a little bit more like it's, it's more common to run into an American soccer fan who's also from Mexico or a Mexican fan or mm-hmm. the American mm-hmm. soccer fan who's really into the English Premier League. That's what you run into. But not us, baby. We have we we try to embody the best of the best of both worlds, the right. uh, the the knowledge and sophistication of the old world, but the also the openness and uh, and breadth of diversity of the new world. Uh, that's such a great way to put it. We are the, the breadth of diversity, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two straight white dudes <laughs> that love sports. That's right. Um, but the sports we love isn't football, although football is fine. It's fußball. It's fußball or football or footy. You know, we like this. We like the champagne of sports. The champagne of sports. Very although, nice. although, if you it's listen MLS, to one of MLS is this champagne of sports. MLS, well, I remember an old <laughs> MLS commercial. From like 1996 or 97 on ESPN back when they were starting. And it was a bunch of footage of like bloody Italian soccer players. And they played it to opera music. And it cut to black letters being like the sophisticated sport or whatever. And it would cut out to players running around. And it was set to opera. And it was very, that was very much their, their idea. It was like soccer is the slower, more sophisticated sport. Or like, or like, um, uh, 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 this great and and your Cosmos documentary once in a lifetime, the guy described who's getting or it was a lady a journalist who's getting into soccer in the seventies described it like a play right you got Act One so they have an Act Two and I'm just like whatever you need man like like that's part of their marketing I don't necessarily need to think of it that way um, I I like I, to... I agree with that I mean I I uh, in the sense that you know it. Uh... It demands your full attention in a way. It's like, yeah. you know, when you have, um, yeah, like in a baseball game in the U.S., you kind of, it's three hours, there's lots of right. breaks, you kind of talk about out. anything. You're hanging out, you're talking about, you know, you're still, you're, still dating, you're still dating that girl from accounting, right. whatever, right. like that kind of thing. 
I don't I don't talk that way during a soccer game. No. I'll talk I'll do that at halftime or before. It's like yeah, it's like forty five minutes. You don't need to eat. You don't need to, you know, talk about the weather or politics or whatever. That's right. the game. The game's going on. I don't think you should be doing the wave unless you're like winning five zero. True. Um, uh, I mean, you you don't need to eat, but I choose to anyway. You're allowed to eat if you want to. I eat. Okay. Or drink. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But very much they they they're very quick if you're into it. Depending on special, some games are very quick. Yeah, it goes. Some games can be slow. It goes. Uh, but, it's not always. But yeah, it's it's not like. I mean, there's just not the same interruptions. Like if you go to an NBA game live and you right. don't see the. I mean, it's just a lot of starting and stopping. And well, they do stuff. They they do stuff. There's, uh, you know, t-shirt cannons and and uh, right. dancers and and uh, you know like little contests where somebody has to shoot it from mid-court blindfolded and he gets a million dollars if he makes it like that kind of thing but but yeah i think that's just a different experience with the with the foosball you just watch it and i mean you know when you go to a, we've talked about this before when you go to a european stadium it's pretty no frills there's beer and a sausage and that's it because you don't need to you don't need a meal you don't need to eat sushi and and uh, right. 18 it's, different kinds of burgers like it's short it's really just beer i mean there's you stuff. can go well drinking i guess is definitely especially when it comes to germany drinking beer is very much part of the experience yeah right there's burgers there's pretzels or sausages you know it's not terrible but uh really it's beer it's like get your beer flowing as i discussed it, it, it with with the german engineer and they have these beer cups where you can stack yeah, yeah, yeah. four at a time there's it's a then, constant it's a constant quest for people right. to be able to get more beer into people while during a, in the limited time allotted yeah when i was in mexico though they took the cake and food options i mean you didn't mm. have to go you just sat in your chair and it was vendor upon vendor upon vendor offering that's amazing things. Half the stuff I've never been seen before. It was very cool. Um, but, you know, God, I have so many things. We're going into tangents. I'm just like, <laughs> soccer has been described. I forgot who it was. Maybe it was the great Tim Vickery, I think. Described soccer to like a non-soccer fan as like fo football, soccer, football, foosball is a game of creation. They're trying to create at each other, trying to figure it out. And the goal is this beautiful celebration. You only have a couple, so they, they mean a lot. Yeah. Whereas American sports aren't built that way. American sports are built for quantity. It's like points, right. points, 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 points. Run, yeah, run, and that's run, why run. that's why um, for a lot of people it doesn't it doesn't stick necessarily. Right. You know, some of the uh, like when we were when I was in Orlando a few weeks ago, I was sort of surprised how few people were there because that was a team. You know, in the beginning they would sell out every week, and but I think it has to do with what you're talking about. It is not, it doesn't have the same. It it's sort of, you know, long term soccer sort of trends towards drudgery. You know, like in the in the macro and the micro sense of it, in the in the scheme of things, most efforts are in vain in soccer most stuff doesn't pan out most right. attacks most things sort of get get you know don't work and and very rarely does something really work and that's why it's so worthy of celebration and even in the right. in the in the long term there's like a you know it's it's a um it's a lot of repetition there's a lot of uh it's there's a lot of the same and so yeah it's not like uh uh magnolia cupcakes or whatever or heroin <laughs> like that you know once you try it you get hooked it's like no, some it's people tension. 
Some tension. people uh, tension, and then release. Oh, goal! That's a yell, goal, you know. Um, but that's why I think we live in this beautiful era of the world being so small, and you know, like I would have never like. For years, everyone's like, oh, soccer's not going to work because American sports are different. And they're right. The soccer, American soccer and women's soccer in that regard as well, uh, men's and women's, I should say, are sort of in their own category. They are sports, but they're, they're like they're like part of the other sports. You know, mm-hmm. there are main American sports that sports center comments on. They like, to, you know, there's like a system that they've built with seasons, with the colleges. Just there's an American sports system, and soccer yeah. is not part of it. But despite years of them offering that as an excuse to why they're failing, soccer spent many years, MLS and, and the English Premier League and so forth, have spent the last 25 years hammering themselves in and carving their own path to be their own thing. Because in America, you're allowed to be your own thing. You don't have to be part of another system. So... That's what happened with soccer. Like 20 years ago, if you told me that American soccer would have sold out stadiums and big world stars, like I would have told you like nonsense. But mm-hmm. it happened and it is happening and it's keep happening. It's going to get better and better and better. So they carved themselves into something and then they did it. They did it despite, which goes back to my original point, my brother, despite what you might hear from one Fiorentino Perez. He came out the big conference. What did he say? And, and he said that soccer is dying. It is, oh. it is it is yesterday's news compared to all the great American franchises. Uh, 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 I think Forbes released some list where like the 13 most valuable sporting franchises were American teams, not MLS. But like it was like the Yankees, the Pats, that kind of stuff. And then Real Madrid or whatever was like 13th or 14th or something. Which is, A, very suspect, because where does Forbes get their information from? It's some intern writing up some stuff. <laughs> um, but Or not. But, but, the, but B, the reality is, so, so he's just using it as a platform to keep pushing the Super League thing. You know? And he wants to essentially break soccer away from its old conventions and create this Super League full of steroids and the same stuff he's always been touting. You know, I'm very suspect of all that. Uh, I think football is alive and well and thriving and still by far the world's most popular sport. I, I think the fact that certain American franchises make a lot of money is great, but American sports live in a microcosm outside the United States. Who gives a crap about American sports? Um, well, that has changed, though, also over the last 20 years. Definitely around the world, the NBA and the NFL and even baseball now. Like my brother is into baseball. He likes yeah, to watch. He's yeah. Baseball? Wow. Yeah. How'd that happen? I don't know. He just, he kind of, he, uh, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, he decided that it was, uh, that it was interesting. I mean, I think, I don't know how it started exactly. I'd have to ask him. He came here a couple of times. We saw, we saw one very good Yankee game live and uh, he, especially in the playoffs, he gets, he gets excited. That's, he gets well, excited about it. I'm not, I think that's great, but that's also very niche. I mean, I mean, sports show isn't talking about the World Series, are they? Um, I haven't watched Sports Show in like forty years. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they are. I watched Sports Show. I watched it a little bit over the weekend you. again. To my nefarious <laughs> well, anyway, all I'm saying is that there's a lot of noise, and it's worth discussing um, on multiple levels. Firstly, yeah, 
soccer might be getting broken because the, the haves are getting way too heavy and the knots are getting way too naughty. Naughty. You know, we, we see what happened in France and in Germany and what did happen in Italy. And it's happening in England, despite them pretending like it doesn't. Liverpool's having a bad season. If Liverpool's gone, then that's the end of it. Man City's the only team in England. Liverpool's the only team that keeps them honest. So, whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Arsenal? They're hanging out. They're, they're, they're going to get destroyed by Man City. Arsenal's like Arsenal is on, Arsenal's in first. I know, but the, it's you don't believe two. you don't believe in Mikel Arteta and uh, I don't know. It depends. What 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 do you think about Union Berlin being in first in the Bundesliga? Wow, that is an incredible comparison. You <laughs> so Arsenal Why? are like Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal fans would agree with you that they're like Union Berlin and they invariably are going to falter. No, that's true. I think However, they feel like they feel like they're in it. All right, Bjorn, you have five hundred bucks. Who do you put on winning the season, Arsenal or Man City? Uh, uh, well, let's. I'll, it's I'll Man put it, City. It's Man City. Why would you? I even will. Do, I will put. Uh, but if I, I, uh, but Arsenal's chances are much bigger than than Union Berlin's. I will say that. Well, that's I'm talking about in England. Although we should be talking too much England because this is not an English podcast. Because this is not we this is that's not part of the the German American football experience. Right. Well, you know, Erling Haaland was a Dortmund, and then what I will say is is when the English fans or whoever, not too many, but some people looked out on Germany, they're like, "Well, the English game is faster and more blah 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 blah." It's like, well, I don't know. Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland score a lot of goals in Germany, and they're scoring the exact amount of goals in England and Spain. Erling so, Holland had a had a hat trick this weekend. Three three hat tricks uh, in or something in eight games or something, right? No, no one. The, the next nearest person to do that was Michael Owen, and he took him forty eight games. So yeah, for Erling scoring. Holland to walk into Man City in the English Premier League right from Dortmund, that shows you something about the quality of the Bundesliga. It's not that different, uh, honestly. Uh, despite what 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 some people might tell you, um, but anyway. Uh, Let's speak of the Bundesliga. Let's. Let's go into, I mean, I could talk so, I almost want to bring up the fact, you know, I was listening to Grant Wall <laughs> podcast, and oh. you know how Todd Bowley and the American billionaires and glazers get attacked all the time for their ideas and blah, 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 blah. It's like, what about Fiorentino Perez? He's actually doing the things you fear the Americans are doing. Like, 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 you're, you're people with the all star game and ba ba ba. People mm-hmm. are just like, oh no, the Americans, they're so bad. And then, meanwhile, Fiorentino Perez is like, screw the World Cup, screw our leagues. He, he, he announced the Super League a year ago. He, he said it was happening and it followed through with it. And he's still talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, for crying I guess out loud, when you look at the quiet guy in the corner, don't ignore the yelling guy to the left of you. But he's, but he's, He's sort of beyond credibility, right? No one takes him seriously. He's already tried and failed in with this with this nonsense. Yeah, but why why is the media attacking American billionaires over what they think they're about to do and completely ignoring the other billionaires that are currently doing the things that they're doing? Well, because the American billionaires have actual influence in the English game, whereas Fiorentino Perez does not. Yeah, well I almost I'm talking about the game overall. But anyway, that's just my little soapbox. The whole like, all right, all right. I think Americans get. Don't let me talk you down from your soapbox. Well, what I'm saying is, Americans, being an American soccer fan is tough because if you're an American, people don't take you seriously overseas, and if you're an American, people don't take you seriously in this country either. It's like you're you got you get the short <laughs> stick both sides. 
Right. Um, that's why you know. that's why uh, people are often have become bitter and insufferable. That's why it was just like me. And that's why I am. I have to fight for my Americans. Okay, fight for the Americans. <laughs> just, just like for, you. You shouldn't Literally. argue. Uh, being an American shouldn't be something that affects how you feel about someone. I think I just, that's all I think. You, you, you talk to an owner about how he actually does. Let an American coach coach a team. You know. Anyway, I don't. Let's see the Are you there. you're arguing for more nuance in the English media? I'm just media? arguing for. <laughs> I'm good just saying luck. when when what's his face when Rio Ferdinand says also game would be a good idea it was fine then when Bowley said it for business reasons they ripped him apart and be like you stupid American we would never say something like that it's like well what did Rio Ferdinand say ten years ago morons it's like also oh my god Oscar League and a fourth what's up with this guy is the worst meanwhile Fiorentino Perez is like I'm going to steal the best English teams and take them away from the Premier League and no one bats an eye anyway that's well, probably going to happen so. Um, I mean, that's okay. Well, that's not really true. It's not like no one bats an eye. They, the Super League was going and then people people re revolted and shut it down. Yeah, but that chapter's not done. That chapter's not done. And right. if Manchester City wins a six out of, I think the last six seasons, this, this would be their fifth out of six, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, then English soccer is as broken as everything else. So... What does that mean? I guess we're all uh, Arsenal fans then. <laughs> Just like we're all Dortmund fans. Like we're all Dortmund. Uh, yeah, well, Dortmund will let us down. Anyway, yeah. Heading into, speaking of the Bundesliga and soccer, heading into the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga uh, was a pretty fun weekend overall. Uh, some disappointments, but some fun games. I'll start <laughs> with the... Disappointments. Well... Like, like Dortmund. Dortmund. Speaking of Dortmund. Dortmund. Disappointing. They, they they went to Cone, right? Or they host Cone? It was Dortmund. No, Cone. it was it was on the road in Co in in Cone. Away away in Cologne right. in Cone. And had a lead at halftime. Yep. But the game ended three two. They got a last minute winner and Cone Cone beat Dortmund three goals to two. So good on Cone and Dortmund's inconsistent unconvincing season trods on with frankly Aiden Terzic who's just not an impressive coach man and we learned this during his last stint I think he's just a dude who stands there and tries to motivate them but he just doesn't have any great master plan for them I think they put in a yes man to be coach and he's just doing as he's told and Dortmund are dropping points again. You know, they're 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 fourth place, I believe, behind Bayern Munchen. They have the big Der Klassiker this weekend, so that's something mm -hmm. to look forward to. Mm -hmm. But Dortmund are gonna beat them six nothing. They're gonna rip them apart. Excuse me, Bayern Munchen Bayern. are gonna beat Dortmund six nothing. They're gonna rip them apart. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what I see on paper. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I mean, Dor yeah, I, I, I agree with you. They're sort of frustrating to watch. Last week, last season, they were really unbalanced. They were all offense. And, and now they don't seem particularly good at anything. And right. uh, uh, A yeah. lot of heat's being given to Anthony Modest. But Anthony Modest was a last-minute panic signing. He's 34. He's a great club player for Cove. Speaking of Cove. Uh, and he was just a great club legend, but if you buy a guy last minute, a 34-year-old French dude who's never played for the French national team, 
and you thrust him in Germany's second biggest club and say our season to, to, to beat 10 year in a row winner at Bayern rests on your shoulders. It's a lot of pre- like that's a lot of pressure. And also, if you're a club like Borussia Dortmund, what kind of business is that? What is that? Like, what kind of sport directing is that? It's very, very haphazard and sloppy. It's the kind of thing you see from a mid-level club, not not a club like Borussia Dortmund. Well, I mean, in their defense, they, it was just a sort of they were they didn't have a lot of time to you know this 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 Sebastian Haller situation was unexpected. They had somebody that they liked and. True, but but what I will say is, like they should have found a different replacement. They should have splashed cash on Nkunku or something. You know what I'm saying? Or 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 how about this, Nicholas Fulku? How about that? They should have found. They should have splashed their cash on someone else. Uh, I love Anthony Modest, but Anthony Modest is built to be a club player. He's a come off the bench, score a goal when the pressure's off type player. Borussia Dortmund's like, let's have him be our star real quick at 34. It's too old. Um, and now they're paying for it. And I just think if Borussia Dortmund, with their whole executive staff, they should have done a little bit of a better business. Now, I'm still rooting for Modest. I think Modest is great. But I think Modest is a supporting cast player. He's a come-off-the-bench star. Um, he, he can't You can't lean a whole team around him. Um, so... Again, Dortmund continue to, you know, be uh, unconvincing. Uh, I would love if Jurena got healthy overnight and became a key figure because the dude's got talent. But but as as always with Dortmund, they're a club in flux. Borussia Dortmund club in flux. So I don't know. Good on Cone, but come on, Dortmund, do better. Yeah, they were um, pass got passed by Bayern in the table. They're down to, down to fourth. Bayern, very convincing win against Leverkusen. Yes. Uh, uh, Jamil uh, Musiala crushing it. That kid's, uh, really... that kid's the real deal. He's good. Well, yeah, again, Bayern mentioned, Bayern mentioned are amazing. They signed they sign excellent world-class stars like Sadio Mane. Plus, they have a second-to-none youth academy, and they bring in all these great youth stars to hang out with them. And so, like, Bayern mentioned is good to go. They always got team, and they've always got depth. They've always got players. So um, Bayer Leverkusen couldn't offer much, and Bayer Leverkusen, despite having a lot of promise at the beginning of the season, has had a very disappointing season. They have five points in eight match days at Bundesliga, and their sport director uh, Gerardo. Um, oh crap! What's, what's that? Gerardo Faro? I think his name was Fernando. Let me look him up. Fernando, Fernando Caro is his name, mm-hmm. I think. The uh, the Bayer Leverkusen sport director came on German media and they've been asking him, uh, what's up? And pretty much he's saying, oh, you know, it's a results-based business and we, we got off on the wrong foot and we still believe in our coach, but if he doesn't turn things around soon, we're going to have to make a change. And I believe that was very much in reference to the fact that if they don't win against Schalke this weekend... Beat Schalke or go. Gerardo Zuani uh, will be fired. The Swiss Wunder coach, who did such a great job with them last year, um, just like Domenico Tedesco, after a season, you just fall hard, don't you? So um, 
I, I believe uh, watch the Bayer Leverkusen Schalke game this weekend. Uh, the fate of Bayer Leverkusen's coach depends on it. And honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, something he either lost the locker room or something. So either, either that or this weekend is the beginning of a great run and revival for for It's one or the other. They either like they have to make a change or it's been fixed. And by Leverkusen, they're finally going to go back to their full promise the way they've been. Well, Schalke is not doing so great either. So even if they even if they beat them, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Schalke just Schalke lost at home to Augsburg. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how how. I mean, I think that's probably the minimum requirement. If he does not win at home against Schalke, then he's definitely he's probably yeah. yeah. They gotta make a change. They gotta make a change. Um, the to compare how bad Bayer Leverkusen have been this this year, and Doppelpass on the German media show, they're like this club has let in more goals that only one other club has let in more. Uh, it's so bad, and then other club is. Yeah, Bochum. VfL Bochum. New the game coach. was a comparison. They're like, VfL Bochum's the only club to let it more goals. As a, like, a, how pathetic is Bayer Leverkusen? Um, well, no. it is pretty, I mean, speaking of Bochum, yeah, it's pretty. New coach, Thomas Lech. New coach, right. same result. Never, I mean, yeah, like 20 minutes in, this thing was already over. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I really, I wish I could spread some optimism here but i think that squad is just not it's just not good enough and i think they're gonna have they're gonna have a season like Fürth, like reuter Fürth did last right. year i don't think there's gonna be much i mean you know we're, we're we're eight games in we're a quarter basically a quarter of the season one one point out of eight games so it's pretty bad it's dc united bad well, it's and not, also, it's, it's not, not gonna, it's the, not gonna happen. Yeah, it's not good for the Bundesliga if a club's just like, eh, screw it. You know what I mean? Like, what they do? They mean, it needs to be more of an inquest. It's like, go compete, man. From the Bundesliga, I'll be like, screw you guys. It's like you guys are just gonna ride the rails and just get beaten all, all season long. We need more competitiveness on the bottom end of the table too. Um, so. I mean, they're what do you think? To... What are they gonna? <laughs> What's your... If I'm the Bundesliga, gonna... you know, I'm like, you're, gonna, it, you're going to no, you're, put you're, more effort into. You're it. gonna send them some pool players. Like, what do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the Bundesliga pool. Gonna... I'm gonna send them you're emergency gonna... funds. We're gonna send. I'm... That might if be we, interesting. If you don't win, if you don't win, we're gonna send Miroslav Klose yeah, to play. Well, that's what I'm saying. That that would be a fun trigger by 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 the hips to say song. If there's an absolute trap donkey team, they get Max Kruse, 60 we'll million. Send you, people, we'll players, Max we have these, we have these pool players that are good but no. but unpopular as as no threats. If you're not going to no. get any better, we're going to send you Max Kruse, and you got to start him every game. <laughs> yeah, there's like a batch of players they get forced to play for the second half of the season. That, that, that's Bundesliga's salary. Cap. That's we'll Bundesliga assign salary. you. It's like assign we'll assign you the pool the pool the players. Gonna... Uh, whatever, to keep more competitive, uh, you know, that's what it is. But my dad is a Bochum fan through and through, born and raised, and he stood up and walked out in the middle of the game, went outside. He's like, yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't want to watch it anymore. Um, which I'm sure is the same sentiment of many fans this season. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just not going to be good. Uh... However, uh, the other more positive note, Eintracht Frankfurt for the Union Berlin, I believe it was on Friday, uh, or maybe it was Saturday. I don't remember, but it was a it was great Saturday. Game. Very, but a very sort of lackluster 
effort from Union, no? Wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, Eindhoven Frankfurt bossed the game for minute one. Yeah, Götze had, Götz had, had a good Götze game. And, and um, a super game from uh, their Norwegian player. I forgot his, what's his name? Oh, God, I should look this up. He scored the second goal, and he was like bossing around. He was like a little mini Diego Maradona. Uh, uh, right who are you now. talking about, Lindström? Yes, Lindström. Mm. That dude was crushing it. He had such a great game. Uh, and the other thing about this is this was the team. Hold on, Lindström. Jesper Lindström, the Danish guy. Uh, 22, he just bossed that game. He had such a great game. Uh, and he scored quite a great goal or a setup that game. He was just really, really good. And um, what I like about this was this was the battle of my two favorite coaches. I think the two best Bundesliga coaches right now are Oliver Glasner and Urs Fischer. I think Oliver Glasner is a magic mm, man. I think he did okay. great with Wolfsburg. And that was with Eintracht Frankfurt. I think doing really well with them. And Urs Fischer, who just signed the contract extension with Union Berlin, uh, who's done wonders for Union Berlin. So... Mm-hmm. Um, two of the probably best Bundesliga managers right now. There was a conversation after the game between the two of them, and like the German, like the commentator said, he's like, "I'm sure they're hard to understand. As one is very Swiss, the other is very Austrian." So <laughs> it was, I'm sure they were speaking German. It was a German I probably wouldn't understand. Gerhard Struber, uh, Gerhard Struber esque. Very Gerhard Struber esque. Um, <laughs> well, Unio, but- and all eyes were on all American eyes anyway were on. Jordan, P. Fox, Sibachu, Alexander Arnold, Loftus Cheek, who right. was uh, after that Saudi Arabia game that we're going to only talk about a little bit, right? The U.S. Right. Uh, uh, the, another very toothless showing by the U.S. men's national team. All eyes were on Jordan P. Fox, and he did not. Yeah, he did not have a good game. But you know, it's just one. He's been great. Yeah, he's there. I mean, it's kind of like the U.S. Kind of like Saudi Arabia. If the two forwards aren't getting service, you know, Union Berlin, they were just on their back foot the whole time. I thought Frankfurt was yeah, bossing Frankfurt them. Frankfurt was, was, was dominant. They were but Union still in first for yeah. at least one more week. Yeah, for that points. Next week, after Bayern mentioned, destroys Dortmund 6 to nothing. Okay, yeah, I can't really uh, be, can't, can't, I cannot <laughs> offer a different, different perspective. Union Berlin is on the road at Stuttgart, so we'll see if they can... What they can that's get another, out of that. Well, they're probably expected to win that one because that's another thing about the Bundesliga is our friend Pellegrino Matarazzo, the great German-American who embodies German-American soccer experience. His team Stuttgart <laughs> played Wolfsburg. His team Stuttgart played Wolfsburg last week and it was a tight 2-2 game until the very end when Wolfsburg got their winner. And many, many Stuttgart games are left with Stuttgart having a great game, really playing them man-to-man, but yeah. they're just dropping points, all these unnecessary points. It's just mm-hmm. like they could play for 89 minutes, but then that last minute comes around, and then they, they just drop it. So the pressure, there's a little bit of pressure on Pellegrino Matarazzo these days. Stuttgart well, does sit in a relegation spot. He's down and, there, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Bochum, I think, yeah, like I said, it's probably going to take up one one spot and Leverkusen is in 17th who knows what's gonna happen with them you would expect them to they demand to, a turnaround right to, to at yeah. some point maybe turn it around so yeah Stuttgart and Schalke are right in there and 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 Hertha Berlin and yeah those are probably the the teams I thought before the season that Augsburg was, was no. were, were candidates but they're doing very well they, they got rid of Pepe they, and the, all these doors opened and 
<laughs> once they once they sent Pepe to to Holland, everything just uh, fell into like, place for them. <laughs> and Pepe having a great time in Holland because they have no defenders there. So um, what? They him. have no defenders, and man, nope. you, you you got the takes. You got the takes tonight. <laughs> I'm just regurgitating. English soccer is English soccer is dying. There's no defense in Holland. <laughs> It's the happy hour. The Schitzel Boys happy hour. Americans, Americans shouldn't be, shouldn't be. Well, anyway, okay. We I have, uh, you have, you have uh, take, you're a anyway, take machine Augsburg, tonight. Augsburg I love it. I was doing well. I was doing, well, doing very well. Ahead you of know, Leipzig still by one point. What I will say is Marco Rosa and Leipzig are very excited about what's going on over there with Nkunku. And, 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 and as far and as the Bell. other... And Thibaut Vanna, as far as the other teams in the league that could really challenge Bayern München, RB Leipzig, I think, comes in first place. They, they, they teeter-totter in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping they turn around. I'm hoping they come I, and swing them for the rest of the season. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that the Marco Rose is a great hire for them. I think, right. uh, yeah, I think that team on the team is, is pretty stacked with talent. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think if I had to... To bet on a challenger, I would pick them as well. Um, now they're already yeah. talking about selling and cuckoo to Chelsea, as my criticism before has lied. Where sometimes it seems that German clubs are more excited about selling talent than actually making a championship-winning team. Uh, so I don't love hearing that, but it seems that RB Leipzig is, like I said, with Marco Rosa, who's a great coach, who was a terrible dismissal by Dortmund. I think those very telling of stuff that's going on at Dortmund, firing Marco Rosa, mm-hmm. replacing him with Aiden Terzic. I think it's very telling on the Vatska show over at Dortmund. The and Vatska uh, show. The Vatska yeah, show. I, yeah, I think so. Similarly in Bochum, you know, similar, similarly right. behind-the-scenes problems that are spilling over. What about Werder Bremen, though? You want to talk about your guy? Yeah, well, hey, I want to talk about Werder Bremen beating Borussia Mönchengladbach 5-1. to one. Yeah, destroyed them over the weekend. Yeah, Schalke, newly Schalke promoted. Up, right? We had Schalke and Werder Bremen being demoted, not figuring it out, and Schalke coming up, and they're you know, time will tell if they can stay in the top flight. They're definitely having a better season this year than two seasons ago. But Werder Bremen came up swinging, and they're like, we are a, we are a Bundesliga team, and we're staying in the Bundesliga. You know. Yeah. Uh, so good for them. And one of their key players is a German forward from Bremen who comes from Bremen. His Ausbildung was in Bremen. And he left Bremen to play for a couple of clubs, but during his prime, made his way back to Bremen. Bremen boy, Nicholas Fulkug. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been scoring up a storm. He had a brace against Gladbach over the weekend. He scored a goal for them the last weekend. He is the highest and best-performing German goal scorer in the Bundesliga, this season at least. And he and played this... for the German youth squads back in the day, but he's never played for the senior. He doesn't have any senior caps. And he's 29, you said, right? He's, he's, not, a, he's not a young man. A, I mean, he's, he's a young, prime. He's a young yeah. man compared to compared us, to but us, he's, not, but... Uh, he's not a young man by, by soccer, soccer yeah, player soccer. standards. Yeah, But at 29, that is your prime sort of. That's like the late 20s, very early 30s is sort of like, when you should be at your best. That's when your body is still good and your brain is at its best. Sort of in that sweet but it's, spot. But it's rare. It's rare, I would say, in in Germany for players to get their first call-ups that late. Usually it's right. sort of, you know, they, they have some kind of pedigree from youth national teams and 
and get there a little younger. But much like the U.S. men's national team, we face a little bit of a vacuum right. in the number nine in the number nine position. There is no natural, you know. There's Timo Werner, and he, you know, had a had a sh- more of a winger, a, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really a winger a winger at heart, and also not really an ice cold finisher. No. To put it to put it mildly, and Kai Havertz uh, is a false nine. He's he's scoring goals, but he's not really a number nine. Yeah, he's now. now even in Chelsea now with the arrival of Obama Young, he's moving to the more to the to the to the outside, and that's probably where he's more comfortable. So the yeah, there would be room. Have. There would be room for somebody who's a real knipsa. Right. And the only uh, number nine the German national team has is Lucas Nemeka. And what have you heard yeah, from him? Yeah, and he is before? very much comes off the bench, if at all. Yeah, so Germany has a number nine. And uh, yeah, Serge Gnabry, I guess, is a little bit uh, also more centrally. He's not really in great form. Currently, Leroy Zane has eclipsed him at Bayern for the time right. being. And I guess also on the national team. And so... It's a lot of yeah, winners. there would be there would be an opening. There would yeah, there's a lot of winners and a, winners and a got lot a of false nine. Yeah. Often, you know, the term false nine is often employed for a, uh, somebody who's playing the nine but is not that good at it. Like, so. Yeah. I, I false think nine is, is the answer to not having a true nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite of a true but nine. But is it a false? false is a false? Yeah, exactly. So a real nine. So so what do you think? Fulkrug to Qatar? Sure. Over Nemeka? Sure. I'm fine with that. Um, the, the, the historically. Players like this have happened. The U.S. has had it. Herc Gomez and Edson Buttle were that for twenty. In Germany, Germany historically, that kind of thing does not happen. What? Right. Who, I don't. Right. I can't think of the most famous one of that is probably Toto Scalacci from the Italia. Oh, in Italy, right? right, right, right. Yeah. Or he was like a sensation, and he scored. There was a leading score of the tournament, and I believe he only played that summer tournament. He didn't play. He never played for Italy before. He, or he very rarely played for them before or after. Just like. I mean, I would have to, I'd have to look this up to say this for sure. But I, 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 I bet the number of German national team players who made their debut on the national team in a World Cup is slim, probably, probably zero. Yeah, right. I can't, I, I don't. Uh, or, or at least, or at least in the modern era, like maybe. I mean, at least today, in, but, at least throughout right. my lifetime. Yeah, I'm sure right, that right. might have happened. Yeah, in the 50s or something. But. Um, uh, I would have to. I would have to look that up. But, uh, but I'm pretty the sure. other thing is that I think I agree with you. Germans have a system. They always go in the tournament, kind of knowing what they're what they're getting themselves into. Who the people are? Yeah, I mean, there's some the question, are. but yeah. You know, and they, they they like they like to hang out with their old timers. You know, like Oliver Bierhoff, part of that 2002 squad, and Lothar Mateos in the 2000 squad. Yeah, and or, Loza, or Close in 14 was squad. also uh, was was only. Yeah, exactly. And this he was, time he around, was mostly, it was he was Malone, mostly right? a decoy. He was mostly a decoy yeah. in 2014, but he's still, yeah, he's he still destroyed. Got to start. I mean, break, yeah. broke Ronaldo's record. But, you know, and, and this time around, the, the old time would probably be a Thomas Muller, maybe, right? He'd probably be a sort of the old guy that bring it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, ish, maybe. Maybe it's a little unfair. Maybe he's not quite there yet. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, the German national team, like like breaking tradition, is what got them their last World Cup. You know, they, they, they changed up their playing style. They changed up their use. They the German national team is ready to change, and they know they're in a weird flux right now, where they're in their hangover period after their great revolution and the great 
reboot, that's reboot, the great that turned into the World Cup and the U Squad. They're in a little bit of a hangover period. Uh, Oliver Bierhoff himself, uh, uh, they built this giant center in Frankfurt, and they said despite all our efforts, everybody else is is, 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 is catching up and doing better, and we have to keep on our toes, so we have to change. And he's right. So sometimes you got to make choices that maybe are a little non-traditional to shake mm-hmm. it up, and 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 this would be a Nicholas Fulkrug thing. For me, yeah. I'll tell you, if you leave Lucas Nemeka behind and you bring Fulkrug instead, I mean, how many people are going to lose sleep over that? Really? How many people? Are gonna no, lose sleep I don't. Over that? I don't think so. Yeah, that probably would be fine. It is just. I mean, there's really just no more. That's it. There's no more window. I think we have. There's one. Uh, there's that one little kind of Germany plays Oman. Oman, <laughs> yeah. 16th. And so it's just been announced by them. It would yeah. just be. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's, it's we're gonna keep we're gonna keep our eye on it. If he keeps scoring, I mean, they're comparing him. I mean, a kicker, kicker in a big story this this week is 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 um, uh, comparing him with Klose and Fuller, Rudi Fuller, You know the other two uh, Werder Bremen greats in their right. in their in their prime, and he scores at the same rate as as they do, and so. Yeah, he should be in the discussion, I guess. It's just like I said, it seems sort of hard to imagine that he would come out of nowhere and make the <laughs> make the squad, but yeah. They definitely okay. could use somebody like him. I say yay. Why not? Do you say yay or nay? Yeah, yeah. I say yay. I mean, I think that really seems like that is the thing that is missing. If they had a had a, had a very central number 9, I think a lot of things would fall into place this is this just goes against you know the way that the germans like to do it they so so uh do i, I would believe love... do i believe it's gonna happen i don't know but uh but I, it's interesting <laughs> you know what i would love i would love if in addition nicholas Fukug, they also decide to take honey mukhtar to the world cup that'd be fun <laughs> I'd, I'd be, I'd that be is not. That's not going to happen. I, I, could, I think I feel confident that that is not going to happen. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, but do you, you have want three it? extra slots? And I want the German national team to give those three extra slots to the German MLSs. You Kai Wagner, it? Hani Mukhtar. Kai Wagner, yeah. And then who else? Tommy or Julian Gressel or one of the other ones. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We should. That's uh, something we should do next week. We should come up with a list of. Best Germans from worst to last <laughs> playing in MLS right now. We should just list them. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, there's not that many. I mean, who's uh, uh, yeah? Hani Mukhtar is number one. We have there's, there's, there's uh, Rafa, Rafa Chicos. Rafa Chicos is there's is, always more than I there. realize. Oh yeah, Rafa Chicos. Fabian Fabian Herbers is is probably a little over the hill. We have Tommy uh, Tommy over at Sporting KC who actually painted part of their last Tifo, which was a great Tifo. Was who, a Tifo. Tommy? Yeah, yeah, sporting Tom- KC player named Tommy. Let me look him up for his last name. But he's not. Is he German or is he? I don't oh, know. If yeah. He's German. No, no, he's very German, baby. Damien Kailach is not German. That I will admit. However, Tommy. <laughs> as much uh, as you would like him to be. Eric, Eric Tommy. He is from Ulm. Oh, uh, he played for Ausboy, Kaiserslautern, Stuttgart, Fortuna Dusseldorf, and now Sporting Kansas City. I take he's it. Very back. German. Uh, he painted. They had a TIFO where he was half Terminator and he helped paint it, which is very sweet of them. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I mean, anyway. Alfredo, Alfredo Morales on NYCFC is, is German. He is American. In every, in every <laughs> practical sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, he's, play, he's not playing for the 
He's more Peruvian than American, I think. Even he's like German Peruvian American. That's, I mean, that's he's he's like he's lived his entire life in Germany. In Be- I mean, Berlin, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, he's one of those German Americans who's like has an American passport, but yeah. he's culturally he's very German, like David Wagner. Uh, there were listing on ESPN like coaches in the Bundesliga or something, and it was like Pellegrino, and then David Wagner and Jesse Marsh. And it's like I guess David Wagner is American, plays <laughs> for the US possession team, but the dude's pretty German. Yeah, he counts. Uh, yeah, he counts. He counts. They all count. He counts. You want to talk about this Saudi Arabia <laughs> fiasco for a couple minutes? I mean, oh, it's I thought we were done long, talking about the Saudi Arabia time. fiasco. It's a long time ago now. All, but, it was uh, a t- all I'm going to say is that it was a couple of pathetic games. I'd like to have seen Eric Palmer yeah. Brown. He is finding every excuse to bring Ricardo Pepe to the World Cup. And also, frustratingly enough, I think he's trying to create every excuse to bring Zach Steffen to the World Cup. Like, hmm. Bruce Arena after the game who's privy to information on a sports radio uh, interview said he's like, he, he, he rumor has it, or he's heard that he still prefers Steph. And, and I think conventional wisdom, no, like Greg Berhalter is pretty hard headed. So if Stefan is playing at Miller's row week in week out, there's a good chance Stefan's going to play against Wales. And I'll tell you that would pee me. Oh, that would piss me off because I, Turner uh... is in great shape. And Turner's going to have probably maybe six to seven games between now and the World Cup. He'll be in four. He'll be playing. Um, so there's, that's not really an excuse. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm. I've. I guess I'm. I've, I've been known to be a bit of a Greg Berhalter apologist here on the show, but I agree with you there. If he doesn't start, if he starts anybody other than Turner or Sean Johnson, uh, well, anyway, if he starts Stefan, I think that is a mistake yeah i would agree uh the other thing it's frustrating that you know i thought just Sargent had a sloppy 45 minutes i thought mark mckenzie looked extra sloppy in the back all these replacements he's bringing the instead of these like tim ream uh and jordan peafock with the two big omissions and then sure maybe john brooks john brooks isn't really playing you know i, I don't know john yeah, brooks, john brooks ship is, i think has sailed is done yeah but but with that being said, you look at Aaron Long and Mark McKenzie and Walker Zimmerman, and, and you're like, and then you're like, these are it a hasn't been, cool. It hasn't been a good. It hasn't been a good. It wasn't a good couple games for them. Harry and, Kane uh, and uh, Raheem, uh, Raheem Sterling are supposed to run at these guys. It's like, damn. <laughs> I mean, it's be a hot knife through butter, man. It's uh, yeah. yeah. It definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not as as big a fan as you are, but it definitely left me a little worried. It's like this could come, this World Cup could just come at a at a at a bad time for the U.S. in terms of injuries, etc. It's like there's Perform. not, there's there's still yeah. a lot of people who are questionable uh, in terms of injury, in terms of durability, in terms of their form in the club. Uh, and this could just not be good timing for the U.S. It's, it's, and it is, and it's a tough, it's a tough group. It's really a right. tough, it's a tough draw. And uh, yeah, there is a expectations are high. You know, there's a there's a, a wave of talent, and but the 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 the, the midfield without Yunus Musa looked really right. really thin. And, well, they kept uh, saying we missed Tim Weah, Yunus Musa, and I forgot who the other one was. Oh, Jenny Robinson. Those were three yeah. omissions. People were saying those were three big omissions. It's like, yeah, I agree, but 
Isn't that on Greg? Like, are you telling me that after this whole system and scouting and boop about all the work we've done, at the end of the day, it's these three foreigners that got U.S. passports that are like uh, a key to our success? You know what I mean? Foreigners. Uh, well, oh, so maybe you're, you're Tim Weah. It's a little harsh calling Tim Weah. Making a distinction right? between. Uh, oh, I don't. Uh, you're right. I guess I don't want to. They are American. I don't want to start that. <laughs> uh, that yeah, let's. I don't uh, want to start the argument. However, let's take, take, uh, take your own. Take your own. Take your own. Take your own advice, and you know, judge people as individuals, not by their. Uh, I, anyway. I'm not calling on to play their Americanness. I'm not saying <laughs> that. However, those three players did not come from the American system as it were the youth system uh jerry robinson is english they naturalized him Yunus musa also spent a lot of his time in england naturalized him timo wea spent all his time in france i think wherever his dad played george wea i think he was born in new york uh timo wea is probably the the uh, spent the most time in the states of those three but still well whatever those three the... are not from the nycfc academy let's just put it that way uh, right but I mean, that doesn't. None of that really matters. The point is that, yeah, the the team has a lot of talent, but it's still pretty thin. They're still young and they're still thin. Right. And uh, in a few spots, there's not a lot of good. And a lot of the the kind of um, I mean, and I think this is not on Greg. I think Greg has given lots of opportunities to other players to to step up and and claim the. I think Joe Scally had a pretty good. He did. You know, when he came when he came off the bench, I thought he was yeah. the one who. Who took who took the opportunity and and sort of made a case to be included in the squad, uh, in a way that other a lot of other people didn't. Yeah, Sam Vines did not. Sam Vines uh, did not. Yeah. When this camp was over, to me it clear, clarified that Turner should be our goalkeeper. Joe Scally should be on the plane to Qatar. Um, and that's about it. Uh, uh, it, it. Thankfully, they're just friendlies. You know, when the World Cup happens, it'll be a totally different environment. It'll be a different. Yeah. ball game but the reality is this team under greg has had pretty good results but their performances have always left something to be desired always very rarely do they have a game where like hell yeah they're playing like sometimes it's happened but it's happened a handful of times now, more times than not it's usually a pretty disappointing display and and we're just confused i'm just confused as to why they can't put two and two together sometimes they're defending a sloppy and, and and more times than not they just have no variety in attack plan it's just christian pulisic or gio reina versus the world and then that's it uh they have no real variety when it comes to attacking uh and also they tend to play with little variety when it comes to anything like they just i feel like if the first guy that hits a long ball will get cut from the team or something so they don't do a long balls and it's it's just um, very. Gonna, gonna rag on the system again. <laughs> Greg is living and dying by it. All, all I know is what I've seen, and what I've seen is a team that isn't winning and not performing well. They got some results against Concacaf opposition, but you know Wales, England, and Iran ain't Concacaf. So um, it yeah, could be, I it mean, could, it, it could be three and out. I mean, I could, it could, it just, could very it, well be it really, out. it really, yeah, really puts into sharp focus that these games are so disproportionately important. You know, right. like it's every four years, or in this case, it has been eight years <laughs> since right. since they've had eight and a half uh, years. Since, since since they've had yeah eight and a half years since they've had World Cup games, and those right. those three games will be will be the referendum on greg whether he whether fair or unfair that's definitely true all of the all of the gold cups and the 
and the uh, qualifier victories and the, the beating Mexico however many times in a row. None of that will matter if it's right. if, if 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 this if this doesn't go well. And it's hard to I mean Yeah. I mean England I mean England have been struggling too. They got relegated from their Nations League group. So but you know, Wales and Iran, that's just gonna be they're gonna something's gonna they're gonna have to find something there. And uh yeah, I still, I still the other teams are underperforming as well. <laughs> I still believe, I still feel like this team i don't quite agree you know like people complain about the performance you know it's like it's what we were talking about at the beginning soccer is you know, there's always a lot of a lot of things go wrong i don't know i f- i found them pretty entertaining and pretty certainly from my time of f- somewhat dispassionately watching the u.s team i've never been super invested in it uh this this group has been more fun than they used to be historically in my opinion but we'll see. Yeah, these games are going to be big. We're not going to know what's what until this happens. And for better or worse, that's what's, that's what's going to... Then we're going to decide how this all has gone. First, two things. A, kitty sighting. A little Nanette ran down Oh, yeah, steps. my cat. A little kitty cat. Uh, <laughs> and B, uh, this U.S. team is very young. Yeah, like they're on big clubs, but that's just marketing. None of them are being leaned on at their clubs. They're off the bench. The rotation players, they're young players. Like no, no, like like Messi is on Juventus shore, but he's not team captain. And Juventus is underperforming. It's not like they're winning season yeah. after season. Mm-hmm. Ju- Juventus were were the Bayern mention of Italy until Weston McKinney showed up. <laughs> they stopped. You know, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, bla- not I'm not going to blame it on him. Obviously, right, right. But these are young Americans. You can't lean on them super hard. Like they're not at the p- point yet where they are the kings of their clubs, and you can lean on them for titles. They're just not there yet. They're very young, and they're the not playing. And 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 they're yeah. not they're not playing. Uh, uh, they they have ambition in terms of their style beyond just being the underdogs, beyond defending hard right. and hoping for the best. On a counter, they they are trying to be a productive, progressive team and you know that can that can really that can really go wrong in the that's the risk yeah and Uh, so it went quite wrong against i think japan and saudi arabia was for example two teams that just were unimpressed by what they had to offer and then gave gave them a game so like uh however this team i was saying as despite being young this team has the quality to defeat wales and iran it does so if the team doesn't defeat Wales and Iran, that's on Greg. You know, I mean, sure, you can blame the players. But Greg was with them for three and a half years. You set them up. It's on Greg. So I it's, mean, on I so. it's, it's on gonna the be system. It's going to be the system. It's, it's, it's on. It's on his selections. You know, when, when we're th- if we're three and out, it's like, where was PFOC? Where was Reem? Uh, why weren't they playing long balls? Why was Zach Stefanin? Go- you know, decisions can be questioned. I mean, I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's fair necessarily. I think that's unfortunate, but I think that is the reality. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't agree that it should be that way. I think you you have to you have At to. At the end think, of the day, I think he's coach- I think he's done a lot of he's done a lot of things well, in my opinion, but yeah. That's I think I mean you're right that's the reality of it the world cups everything 
the last eight, eight and a half squad. the last eight and a half years we've thought about nothing else than than these three games and how that goes is 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 he's going to be held responsible that's true and uh we'll see yeah good luck good day, luck to him a, good luck to him a, i wish him the best if a coach is handed a squad of a certain quality on paper, you know, and, and 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 he doesn't fulfill if they can't beat Wales and Iran, that failure is on the coach. I mean, but he a, has well, okay. It's at the end yeah. of the day. For I mean, but it's what you're it's what you're saying though. I agree with in terms of you know this player pool, is what it is. It's like there's a lot of talent. There's also a lot of youth, and there's a lot of you know, and and he has molded them into a winning. Uh, in a, to a winning group within the context of CONCACAF, you know, whether right. it's the Gold Cup or the, the, you know, they have performed very well. Now, this is, uh, it's not one step up, it's like four steps up. It's, it's, it's right. in terms of pressure, in terms of, in terms of exposure, in terms of probably quality of the opposition. I mm -hmm. think, I think all I don't. I can't really claim. I hear good things about Iran. I can't claim to have any idea how good they are. I don't watch them play. But uh, they beat uh, Uruguay over um, the weekend. They have Carl, they have former New York Red Bulls coach Carlos Queiroz as their coach. Okay, yeah. And they play so, they play a very defensive, counterattacking, park the bus style play. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and we'll see if they. You know, I don't know how they compare to Mexico, but uh, they're at the. Yeah, it's well, it's going to be. Well, let's compare them to Saudi Arabia. Did you feel watching USA Saudi Arabia the United States were ever going to score a goal? <laughs> it did not. No, it did not feel that no. way in that game. And that's exactly no, what's going to be like true. for Iran if they play better. If they play better, then that's what the Iran game is going to be like. And it's like, well, if one point's all going to get up Iran, we're we're just supposed to get get from Wales and England, you know? And it's it's not so. like the US has never lost to Iran at a World Cup before. No, they did. They lost two one. Uh, Brian McBride, two, the right? only player. It was two one. Brian McBride one? scoring oh, the only goal. Yeah, it was part of France '98. Brian McBride scoring the only American yeah. goal of that entire tournament. Um, and it was not. A, it was a very sloppy goal, I think, too. Um, but anyway, so that's that. But that's just friendlies. That. I wish them the best. I hope they come with positive PMA, positive mental attitude. I hope they perform on the on the night. You know, England, Wales, and Iran aren't necessarily lighting it up either. So it's the battle of the underperforming teams. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna last. be it's gonna be wild that like england usa game is gonna be the the it's gonna I be mean, a lot of fun right I'm it's gonna excited. be the biggest it's gonna be the biggest soccer game this country has ever seen probably it's setting up for that it's on black friday it's usa versus england yeah it's, it's the country with a newfound love for the sport There's not gonna it's the be... country that invented the sport and the country that invented this country by the way so um <laughs> It's a double meaning there. I so. really, I, I, uh, uh, I, I. This is a pet peeve of mine for people to in, to infuse these games. You know, this is already stakes are already high enough. Then it's like people like to to make World War II references or like nah. geo, geopolitical party, geopolitical uh, uh, implications. Is, it's not necessary. It is. This it's is not my tifo. Necessary. This is my tifo. No, uh, no. World history is not being renegotiated at this uh, at this tournament. It's just soccer. this is my tifo. This is my tifo. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a bunch. It's the American players throwing a bunch of tea in the river. Or whatever. That's what it is. <laughs> And the T's got like the English national team logo on it. That's my TIFO, baby. It's we like, don't need your tea. We drink coffee around here. <laughs> and I say that as a man 
<laughs> who is very German and has no historical connections to anything. You're you're on a no. you're on a uh, on a America First tear tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, 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 I resent that. I'm not an American person. I, I, I think you can playfully have fun, but there's a line. There are lines. As a comedian, I know the line. I think that's fun. But to be like, but to be like, you were our slaves. You know, that's crossing the line. I don't want to see that. No. I don't, like, like during the USA-Iran game, I don't want to TIFO with pictures of the 1970s. I ran hostage prices. <laughs> no. I don't want to see that. No. Okay. Good. All right. That was, like that's we're on the we we're on the same yeah. page. We agree. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the New York Times specialized in this, even when the German team was really quite. You know, even in the in the in the mid two thousands, when there was when we had Özil and and uh, a quite quite creative players, they were still kind of using World War Two references to describe the German. Uh, uh, right. Lazy the, the, yeah, the yeah. Def defensive, the you know, their defensive right. Star War. Yeah, the German uh, defensive, you know, tank-like defense, whatever. This like, right. I yeah, fucking get a, you know, do better, do better. No, no one gives Germans enough credit in general. I'll <laughs> say in soccer, like like always in the history of the game, German players are never listed as any of the best players ever. It's just like okay, like they want a mass amounts of titles. The German mentality is about teamwork. This is a team sport, dude. Yeah, and the I mean, and like, the uh, play a team sports, so, and the oh. uh, and the exceptions to that rule are always uh, are always put under extra scrutiny. You know, like Özil's Özil's body language. Like, what is this? Yeah, or Thomas or, Muller. And, yeah, this they're whole doing generation, a little... Everyone's talking about Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and. And Karim Benzema and Robert Lewandowski, they will come up with loads and loads of players before anyone will mention Thomas Muller as maybe also being a world-class player. It's like Thomas Muller has like 100 titles under his belt, including a World Cup. It's like the dude, the dude scores a billion goals. The dude can move the space the way you've never seen before. You know, like Thomas Muller is a typical example of a German who doesn't get his just desserts, you know. Uh, I don't know. I could. You know, I'm on so many soapboxes tonight. <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm just. Uh, yeah. I'm just Although you agree, I'm just everyone, it all in. No, whenever we're yeah, I mean, so I don't German think... players are never mentioned. It's always how will Cristiano Ronaldo do? How will Messi do? How will X do? How will Y? How does he? It's like how will the? I mean, how will all eleven Germans do? How about that question? I've got eleven Germans ready to go. How will they do? Well, we talked we'll about win, this. Maybe. We talked about this last year, last week, where Stu Holden mm. was was ready. Once we had a lead against England, it was ready to <laughs> to anoint us uh, a World Cup favorites. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's Harry Kane up to? Full Cook will fix it. Full Cook will fix it, my friend. Okay, we've already been. It's already over an hour. <laughs> I know we haven't and even we talked haven't even about got to MLS. MLS playoffs. So much <laughs> happening. Oh, what's happening? And and the uh, and the teams that are making the playoffs are are interesting to talk about, but so are the teams that are not making the playoffs. And I would first, like, yeah. well, go say, ahead. No, go foremost, ahead. First and foremost, what is first, first and foremost? foremost? Let's congratulate LAFC for officially. Oh yeah, the supporters, the supporters shield with a little assist from Charlotte FC. Philadelphia Union were looking like they were going to snap it up there at the end. Some people thought Philly Union deserved a little more. If they didn't just win, they destroyed. But the reality is the points total is in the favor of 
great German American mayor of Hanover, Steve Chirondolo's side, LAFC. And uh, congratulates on LAFC for winning the supporter shield. And we does, and we yeah. know this. We know this for sure because of this this uh, this lovable quirk of uh, of MLS, where the first tiebreaker, and maybe not everybody knows this of our listeners, the first tiebreaker is not goal differential. The first tiebreaker is wins. Yeah, and Which is so smart, I think, right? because uh, because um philadelphia has the better philadelphia has the better goal differential and they're three points behind lafc so they could catch up in points but they cannot catch up in wins because lafc is 21 and philadelphia has 18 so that's why lafc is already the supporter shield winner mls will do whatever it takes for new york or la to do well that's all i'll say that's all i will say mls will do <laughs> oh my god <laughs> What is this now? The the so they're theory. helping. So by by years ago setting up this tiebreaker that was that was preemptively designed that to give LA, LA an, an advantage in this supporter shield race. It was designed now, to many give years Miami, later. It was designed to give Miami a disadvantage and designed to give LAFC an advantage. Okay, so LAFC won supporter shield. Uh, they did it because Charlotte yep. FC destroyed with, Philadelphia with, Union. Uh, with former former NYCFC uh, assistant coach Christian Latancio at the helm, but more importantly, Rios. <laughs> What's his name? Diego Rios. Yeah, yeah. Rios scored four. Scored, scored four. Patrick. Patrick plus one. Patrick plus one. He scored all four goals, and that came out of nowhere, right? Because like, where'd that come from? Um, good on you, Charlotte. And I also, we should also admit a little bit of an apology. To Charlotte FC. I think everyone yeah. owes Charlotte FC a little bit of an apology. They started off very rocky. Uh, well, but we it was thought... not a but it was not a dumpster fire season. It was a good season. Uh, uh, Swadowski, what's his name? What's the guy up top? Carl, Carl Swadowski. Yeah, Swadowski had a. He came. From, who was he? He came from nowhere. Christian Fuss. Yeah. Like it was. The it seemed that were there. It seemed like it seemed like a very sort of. Eurocentrically focused roster building strategy, which historically has not gone very well. Right. So I definitely thought that they would have a hard time, uh, but they did well, and they yeah. And I've said this before; I was wrong about them, and um, they are still very much in the. Well, it's more than just it's more than mathematically because they're playing each other, right? Like they have their four points behind. Columbus, but they play Columbus. So if they beat Columbus, then they're only one point behind Columbus. So but, well, but hold on. Uh, but and then Columbus who, who is. Does, what if Orlando and Miami get points? And the, you know, so at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, there's tickets. definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, they're definitely. Um, they're very I mean, much they're, on the they're four. The they're four points. They're four points behind with two two games to go. So yes, yeah. that's true. But because these they would these need teams, to win both. And the other teams need to lose both for them to get. In the yeah, play. but the the but that's what I'm saying because Orlando's still playing Miami, Orlando's still playing Columbus. Like some of these teams are going to draw points. So right. if Charlotte wins these last two, there's a really there's a there's a decent chance that they might get it. Um, I would love to see them in the playoffs. They've got a great fan base. They showed out, and again, I love it when American audience come out to see soccer. And I hate to see it happen so early because historically franchise teams do poorly. So a lot of fans will come out and see their teams underperforming and stop showing up. And it's like, it, it's nice for a team with support, like what happened with Atlanta. Yeah. It's nice for a team with support to show up and the team does well. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then maybe they'll stick around. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be a little more invested uh, and, and hope so. So that's why I would root for Charlotte making their way into the playoffs. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, it's and if we're looking at the East yeah. and the teams that they're ahead of, New England officially eliminated. Bruce Atlanta. Arena went from went from supporter shield record breaking to missing the playoffs atlanta out of the playoffs chicago out of the place toronto with their fancy italians highest Uh, big money big payroll uh they kept we kept waiting for them to to get it together and they did not is this like what do you think is there something you know both bruce arena and 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 bob bradley uh the kind of old school the two best old school American managers. Is this like is the old like what do you th- what does the future hold for them? The future holds for them is they are going to have great seasons next year. Mm-hmm. They are just wait. It was rebuilding years. They didn't. They knew this was going to happen. They are getting ready for twenty twenty four or excuse me twenty twenty three. What's next year twenty twenty three? They're just going to skip. <laughs> just going to skip the season and then really yeah. come back strong, fully Toronto, rested. Toronto FC had what like ten players in, ten players out over the summer. It's a total rebuild at Toronto FC. Uh, uh, this is definitely. But I mean, they're player. averaging a point a game. Like that's still it's, it's still rebuild. disappointing. No. Yeah, it, it is very disappointing. You think we've seen before? Uh, uh, one player has come to a team and just turned their fortunes around. Jermaine Jones, the great German American, Germany Jones, came in and did that to New England, and then did that to Colorado. He just would show up to a club, and that club would just all of a sudden be twice as good like he was a magician that way i think people don't give him enough credit uh and yeah and uh so you see bernardeschi and senior showing up yeah you'd assume that would have been some sort of a bounce but no it wasn't i guess and you and and you trust you trust bob bradley to to figure this out and bob we trust because uh pozuelo alejandro pozuelo he went from mvp to Miami. Of the league to shunned, and he went to Miami, and he said he went from one of the worst locker room experiences of his life to to a great situation in Miami. Very surprising to hear because he imagines the other way around. Uh, but that's also maybe with a little bit of a grain of salt. Yeah, but whatever's going to happen up there, Bob will figure it out, or he won't. Maybe the locker room is so toxic that he'll never figure it out. But I have faith in Bob, and same All with right. Bruce. They got rid of Matt Turner. They, they they sold. They got rid of Josie yeah. Haltador. I mean, they sold. What else? I mean, Buxa, got, Adam Buxa, yeah, Buxa and their their uh, their DP their he, DP replacement was hurt for a lot of the the year. Yeah, Sebastian Lejet came in for a couple weeks, and he it was so you know New England same thing. A lot of rebuild, a lot of figuring stuff out. But again, they will be ready to go for next year. Toronto and New England are going to show up to the party next year. That's because it's Bruce and Spot. They know this league. They're 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 too. They, they get exactly how this league. They're like the quintessential MLS managers. They have yeah. no problem turning a season off because they know there's no relegation. But Bob Bradley is famous because once upon a time, MLS had this rule where there was a three substitutions plus one. And what the plus one was was if your goalkeeper is injured. You're allowed to have an extra substitution just for your goalkeeper. Those were MLS rules only, non-FIFA rules. Because MLS used to play stuff, used to do crap like that all the time. So Bob Bradley, during a MetroStars game, put a field player in as goalkeeper. 
during the last 10 minutes of a game using that extra plus one sub, which was well in his rights to do. And he had 11 field players on the field run up, and he scored the last goal, and they won. And then the league got rid of that rule. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bob Bradley is, you know, he, he's an, an American innovator. Coach. He's, he's an, an American inno- coach. He's like, oh, there's no relegation? Perfect. Let's then go. Screw this season. I don't care. Why would I have to get three extra points by the end of the year? If it means not, you know, if, if if it means nothing, you know what I mean. Like they get the right. league, they get the rules. They're playing the long game. Those two guys. I don't um, know. I think I don't know. I think Bob Bradley's race might be hill. run. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hey I don't... man, trust in Bob. Okay. Bob, we trust. Uh, 2019 Supporter Shield winner Bob Bradley. Who mm-hmm. asked those questions? Um. <laughs> so, but anyway. So yeah, but but so so the, the playoff East. picture. Just to sum it up, the playoff picture in the East, Philly, Montreal now could still win the East. The They're East. only two points behind Philly now. Right. Uh, uh, this team from what are they called? New York City Football Club. Place. Yeah, we're New in York third Red place. Bulls Look at that. Place. We would have been third place if we didn't have a very that so Metro game against Columbus. If you if the if the Ref had blown the whistle in the 88th minute. You would have been third. (laughs) Yeah, would have been third place. So for those of you at home that don't know what that so Metro is, being a New York Red Bulls fan or a Metro's fan, as some people will call it, is very much us shooting ourselves in the foot. The amount of games we've lost against former players that we have gotten rid of for no good reason is insurmountable. It's just like it's 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 innumerable. Maybe is the more appropriate term. I think he's the wrong term. Yeah, like like so we're playing against former New York Red Bull Derek Etienne, son of New Jersey. Himself. Oh yeah, that's right. Not just anyone. So we go to Columbus. We score one nothing. Caleb Porter's bitching and complaining about dumb stuff that he always complaining about. The guy won't stop complaining. And then in the last <laughs> two minutes, Derek Etienne scores not one. But two goals oh, yeah. to flip it from a one nothing win to a two one loss, and did Columbus not, Crew did not clinched. celebrate. Did not celebrate. He did, did not celebrate because he's a good old Metro boy. Respectful. And the New York Red Bulls uh, lost, dropped three points, and Columbus got three very important points. I think if Columbus lost, be hard uh, for them. Be I difficult. Think Miami or Orlando, someone would have clinched the playoffs or something. I don't know. All I know is Columbus got their points against New York. It's not that big of a deal. We're fourth as opposed to third. Who cares? We'll take third or fourth. Um, I mean, what is it? We what got... do you mean? It doesn't matter that we're now ahead of you? That doesn't matter to you? Yes, because you know <laughs> what's funny about the New York Red Bulls this year, which is also that's so Metro, is between home games and road games, the New York Red Bulls tend to excel on the road. Or better on the road, yeah. As opposed to the home. So if you're telling me, oh, shucks, now they have to start on the road. I say, okay. <laughs> well, you're you better could on get, the road anyway. You could so. get your wish because there's a couple of teams that could still catch you, depending on how these all these results of teams playing each other. The the Orlando, Miami, Columbus, Charlotte. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all. That that could those standings could all shake up. But if one of those teams can win both games, you may just find yourself in fifth. New York needs. No, 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 no. New York has clinched fourth. 
How, how would I anyone don't get think fifth? so. Oh, no, you're Orlando. right. Orlando and Miami and Columbus all could technically get 51 points. And you're playing so, Charlotte. You're playing Charlotte in the Charlotte. last game. And so they're going to be Charlotte. We they're going to be motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so are we. Um, and then, well, then whatever. We'll get fifth. Who plays who? Is it second versus seventh? Third versus sixth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. I mean, so, is the is the so our 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 um what is it? Uh, and the top three are home, and the bottom three are away, right? So if we have right now, we would have a home game versus Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean that's except a tricky the, game since he's great. Except um, those bottom, yeah, those bottom, those bottom three are still are subject to yeah shuffling. I, I mean, as yeah. of right now, this is what would happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if we're fifth. So, so what would happen? Cincy would get fourth, and we get fifth. The only thing that would change is we go to Cincy instead. I would rather do that. <laughs> I'd rather go to Cincy. You'd rather play home. in Cincinnati yeah. than at home. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you may get you may get your you may get your wish. Next week almost means nothing to me. Like we'll we'll get a point, we'll lose, we'll win. Who cares? It's but the it's week gonna, after that I, yeah. I care about. What's going to be interesting is that that mini tournament between those five teams and three spots. And then we'll see how it all shakes out. NYCFC had a very nice game against Orlando, a comeback right. victory after falling behind through a stupid goal where right. Sean Johnson was kind of stuck to his line where he could have could have come out and prevented somebody on the short post flipping a throw-in. Anyway, Sean Johnson, who I love, our captain, wonderful player, great. Great voice. But he... Great guy Great all around, just a just a fantastic, fantastic player. He had a chance though to make a case for himself in this whole goalie shuffle in War. the U.S. men's national team, and uh, I, he has not done that. He has he has been okay, but he has he had an opportunity to to really make it make it make it a hard decision for Greg Berhalter, and he has not done that. Anyway, that's my. I was rooting for him, uh, but that's my take on him. But anyway, then we came from behind to win two to one, and really the hero of the night was Talis Magno, who I who is who's been the another one of those false nines because he's not really, he's not a nine. He's like a nine, like Timo Werner is a nine. He's like a nine that likes to hang out on the wing and lowercase uh, nine, lowercase nine. And he also he has you know he's still also still very young and learning the ropes and he has has frustrated at times. I mean he's been really very good this season. I will say he's got nine assists, uh, eight assists before this game. He yeah, now has nine. Uh, and for a young player, he's been great. But he's you know at times been a little bit tentative in front of goal in a way that Tati Castellanos clearly was not. He would fight for every ball and but in this game. Talis had had a had a greatest even more so than the decisive goal that was great but even the first goal he had an assist that was uncharacteristic in him really fighting for the ball in the box getting it to Alex Collins who's on a store scoring tear for a center back and uh, we won the game two to one and now we have clinched a home game the good news is we've clinched a home game the not so great news is our home game is going to be at your New home. Jersey, baby, Red Bull Arena. <laughs> Most you play, likely. So, what is that, by the way? You guys are playing like all your home games, Red Bull Arena. What's going on? Is it just what's going on? What's going it used on? To, didn't be the, you want what, me to is it? Get, explain is it, it? I just don't understand. We Last don't. Year, we don't have our own. Case. We don't have our own stadium. 
Um, no, we played it. We had a playoff game in uh, in Red Bull Arena before, and we have. It, seem, uh, it seems though that this year Yankee Stadium has been more unavailable than usual. Well, because right? it's earlier, because the playoffs are earlier than oh, last than, than usual. Okay. Because of go. the World Cup, everything is sooner, and now it it very much squarely collides with uh, with the MLB playoff, playoff with right. the MLB playoffs and. Okay. And the Mets are also good, which that doesn't always happen. You can often count on the right? historically you could count on the Mets uh, not being in the playoffs many a year, and uh, and therefore their their stadium being available. But that is that's not the case. And so Bjorn, it used to be Bjorn, it, there yes. are five more baseball stadiums in the tries in, in the boroughs to pick from. You don't need to play at Yankee State. There, there, there's the one. There's there's MCU Park at Coney Island. They used to play the New York Cosmos. There's the Staten Island Yankee Stadium down in Staten Island. That's a fun little stadium. None of those are. Uh, I don't think th- those are too small. Like I don't think they're. <laughs> I mean, oh, you're just you're just you just want to torture me. Okay, no, it's yeah, fair. It is very. Stadiums in the world. It's you can a go, sad. It's a sad situation. It continues to be a sad situation. Play at Fenway. It used to be in the in the in 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 a usual year where there's no World Cup at a weird time. You know the playoffs start like mid to late october so you really just have to wait out like one right you know that was only a problem if the yankees went really far in the playoffs uh but this year it's 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 just unavo- it's unavoidable they're on a complete collision course schedule wise and so it's probably going to be red bull arena which yeah. you know i i yeah i don't i don't mind it as much as other fans well, and actually on 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 sunday we had a pretty good crowd there cuz some of these i disagree well, what was comparatively I was at comparatively i mean it's been listen we have had some some Why games are out not going to game like I, it's I went, been it like it's the, the fan the fan base the fan base uh, uh, large parts of the fan base have decided that they're not into it. They don't want to play at that stadium. They and they they are not gonna. Uh, they're not gonna go out there. And I think, yeah, I so mean, I think about it's that. I think it's, it's almost too bad. as if the only developable. It's almost as if the only real estate in the New York City area that's close to New York and developable is New Jersey. How about that? What a weird conclusion to come up with this late in the game. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're an hour and 22 in, and we still haven't even touched on the West yet. So let's make it it quick. In the West, West, Seattle Sounders. Seattle Seattle Sounders. Sounders. Yeah. Also officially out. It was coming. First time time in their club history. So good on them for having such a great run. They were a good example of a, of a great expansion team that came in and started winning right away and made the playoffs their first year. And they were a great football team and their soccer team, the foosball team. And it's like good on them. It, 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 they had a great season, and then they knocked out NYCFC to go win the CONCACAF Champions League, uh, which is the first MLS club to do that. And they mm-hmm. had quite the hangover effect after that. Yeah, Pico really Ladero came out and said something very vague and generic. Which was sold. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes were made. <laughs> he said mistakes were made on the players <laughs> on level, every level, <laughs> coaches level, and like management level. It's like what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like All right. no shit, no shit. <laughs> no All shit, Sherlock. You can, say, you can say that about the MLS fire, winning piece. Fire everyone. No one's. And then they asked Brian Schmetzer. Brian Schmetzer's like, 
Yeah, I agree. Everything you said was right. I agree. That's typical Seattle from the librarian himself, from high school teacher Brian Spencer. Wow, wow, wow. The shade, the shade. I love Brian Spencer. Real German-American. I do, too. German-American, Spencer. Schmetzer. And uh, uh, Seattle's a great team, and I hope they get their act together and figure out what's going on for next year. But it's a shame uh, uh, they have all these great But I think, yeah. And I think the Sounders had great games against Portland and the Galaxy in their past. And this year, we will not see that. This year, there will be no Galaxy Sounders game. There will be no Portland Sounders Mm -hmm. game either. And it's a shame. I think this is also a good opportunity, briefly, to, after you just, uh, you know, ragged on us for our stadium situation, which is arguably, which is uh, admittedly uh, frustrating. But, you know, other than that, this is our seventh year in a row we're making the playoffs. And there's all these other teams that have had rebuilding years, and we lost our coach and our and our star player in the in the middle of the year. We 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 could have had a hangover. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that could have that could have crumbled. And so good on us, you know. We're finishing third or fourth, and we're still in it. Yeah, I mean, if if you do this six more seasons in a row, you'll have matched what the New York Red Bulls have matched already. So well done. That's right. So and you the know, New York Red Bulls are entering in their thirteenth, I believe, postseason. In a row. I don't think any other MLS club matches that. And uh, for a New York Red Bulls fan, getting the playoffs is an expectation, which is why it's so funny being here in L.A. going to Galaxy games. And the Galaxy has historically like the Man United of MLS. They're always up right, front, right, spending right. money, loud splash, blah, blah. They missed the playoffs the last two years in a row, maybe even three years if, if memory serves. And I believe they just about clinched the playoff spot. They did. A very boring 1 1 tie against Real Salt Lake where they missed yeah. a penalty. Mr. Ricky Pugh missed a penalty. And then Oof. thankfully, someone, was it Kevin Cabral, scored a penalty later in the game. It, again, it was a penalty, uh, two penalties. They had no goals again. And and they just clipped themselves in the playoff. But the Galaxy, I think, play a very slow and boring type of soccer. It seems like they're just kind of on the counter, but they're a little slow. And, and unless it's Kevin, a cutting pass, from Kevin Ricky Pugh, Kevin Cabral can can, buy can, a goal. can get a can get a shot off even to and, and Jovalich can't get off the yeah. bench. Jovalich who's scoring great can't get his butt off the bench. Mm-hmm. So uh, Galaxy, I'm glad they're doing marginally better than they were last year. <laughs> you know, Chicharito just extended his contract, and they might get a home like, game there in fourth right now. Oh yeah, well you know we'll see. I think there's a game. Are they in fourth really? Home yeah. Game? They were like an oh yeah they're in fourth they're at they're forty seven points. Well, everybody else lost. Portland. Everybody else. It was a weird weekend in the West. Everybody, all the all the contenders lost except uh, yeah. Nashville had a really LAFC. sloppy defense. I wonder who's backing up that defense. Hopefully, he doesn't play for the U.S. team against Wales or England. But anyway, uh, and then we have <laughs> Portland. Minnesota, okay, Rail Salt Lake, and Vancouver vying for those last two spots. Yeah, two four teams, I would two love, spots. These don't. Yeah, these teams don't have. These teams don't have games in hand, so this is all going to no. be—it's all going to be decision day. Whereas in the East, there's a few midweek games that have lot have huge playoff implications. I'm rooting for Vancouver because I'm not mistaken. Despite they're the opposite of Seattle, I think they've never been in the playoffs, right, or something. Vancouver has never been in the playoffs. No, that can't be. Someone tell me that. Well, either way, Vancouver what? needs help. Maybe I'm wrong. That but Vancouver. Well, name a Vancouver playoff game. I can't I'm going to look it up right now. Keep talking. Right. Okay. Vancouver Whitecaps uh, have Brian White, one of many, many, many great 
New York Red Bulls Academy kids that we have unceremoniously gotten rid of early and not used for them to use their full potential and their prime at different clubs, uh, like Brian White Crusher for Vancouver last year. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps have uh, a, a German sport director, I forgot his name. That's why I got Julian Gressel in. And with Julian Gressel's alarming trade and mistreatment, I would love for Julian Gressel and Vancouver to make their way to the playoffs and to see DC United just crash and burn their way down with their Wayne Rooney. So I would be really rooting for Vancouver just because, you know, Vancouver seems to be a great fan base and a good club, but can never get success going. And I would love to, I just, I just like to support fan bases that show up for their teams. I really do. So they have been in the playoffs before. How many times? Once? Like 20, 20, 20, 20. Uh, no, more than once. Um, well, either way, Vancouver are perennial underachievers. Vancouver does. I think Vancouver won the Canadian Championship this year, uh, or if not this year, recently. So that's been fun for them. All I know is that Vancouver, I'm rooting for you. Uh, you know, best of luck. Best of luck. Uh, Portland, you're always a fun team. I'd love to see you in the playoffs. You're a good. Portland's like a playoff team. You know. They're always ready to go come playoff time. So mm-hmm. I think Portland's going to pull it yeah. off. And I think Minnesota, and if I had it my way, Minnesota, Minnesota is in, way, Minnesota is kind of in free fall. They have not. Uh, they've. I think they've won one out of out of their last eight, maybe. I think they are struggling. So, so they may just drop out. They may just drop out of that final playoff spot. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So All right. Next that's week, it. Next week is the next decision day. Next decision time decision day. They will have done. We'll see if Vancouver made it. We'll see what else. We'll see what else go. We'll see if maybe Charlotte pull off a miracle. Maybe, maybe we'll have, made we'll it. have all the matchups. We'll preview all the playoff matchups. Last It'll be said. good. Maybe Gerardo Zaoni will be fired by then. We're on Gerardo Zaoni watch. Uh, that could very much be the case. Could very much be the case. All right. Uh, maybe Nicholas Fulkug has another hat trick to his name. We'll see. We're on a lot of watch. We're on a lot of watches here. Okay, and those have been the Schitzel Boys. Takemeister, um, <laughs> Takemeister take Stefan, signing off. Signing <laughs> off. NYCFC, NYC Bjorn, signing off. Tschüss, bis nächste Woche. Bye.